The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the 2018 Established Summer Training Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. Hey guys, um, so I'm Ann. Um, I don't think I've been up front. Wait, have I been up front yet? I don't think so. Um, so I am on staff at the University of Minnesota, and I know Nermal has given a talk, so he kind of introduced me through that. But um, I've been on staff for seven years. This is my 10th project. Um, so if you have any questions about project, or about the Myrtle Beach area specifically, I feel like I know it. Um, quite well. I've actually, we, we were doing math when we were driving down and realized that I've actually lived in Myrtle Beach for a year of my life. Um, <laughs> if you just add up all the months that I've been down here. So that's, um, yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> I feel like if I had to pick to live a year of my life anywhere, I wouldn't necessarily pick Myrtle Beach, but um, that's just the way it works. Um, and actually, I'm so, I'm, I'm so old and I've been on staff for so long that I actually <laughs> remember um, sitting on the beach with a student from the U of M named Ariana, and she was telling me that she had a big crush on another student from the U named Lucas. Um, so, yeah, I feel like seeing them married, I'm like, I, I remember talking to Ari um, about all of that. So, um, so yeah, I, I started, I graduated from the U, I started on staff at St. Thomas. Whoop! Um, I was on staff there for three and a half years, and then I moved back to the U. So, that's sort of my story with Campus Outreach. Um, yeah, I am going to be talking about stewardship. I think the in your booklet it says care of creation or something like that. Is that what it says? Creation care, yep. Um, they're the same thing. I didn't change my talk. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk about the concept of stewardship. So just for to kind of know where you guys are at, what when you hear the word stewardship, what do you think this talk is going to be about? Or what do you think the idea of stewardship is? Just throw out what you think. Sorry, what? Taking care of stuff. Good. Anything else? If you, yeah, money. Straight cash, homie. Anything else? <laughs> cool. So taking care of stuff, money. So yeah. I, wait, what did you say? No littering. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah. People keep having ideas, but I'm not gonna listen to them. Um, we're done. So um, <laughs> so. Yeah, basically when I have heard talks on stewardship, it's almost always about finances. So like whenever I think like, oh, I'm going to talk about stewardship, I think like how do you steward your money? Um, and I think that's a really good thing. And Nirmal's actually going to talk about finances next week, two weeks from now, in a while at some point. Um, and that's a really good thing. It's a really good thing to think about your money, to think about stewarding your money. Um, but I actually think that the idea of stewardship is a little bit more all-encompassing than just finances. Um, and so I'm actually going to talk a little bit more broadly about having an identity as a steward that goes a little bit beyond just finances um, and sort of gives you a framework for how do you think about your identity as a steward, um, and then specifically talking about how that fleshes itself out um, with physical things. So. Um, yeah, broadening it out beyond just finances and talk about how are you supposed to interact with creation? How are you supposed to interact with the world around you? Um, and how does the idea of being a steward influence that? Um, so first we're going to talk about what is stewardship. 
Um, so the definition, if you look it up, there'll probably be a, obviously varying definitions. Um, but as I've like researched and, and looked both in the Bible and outside sources, the most clear definition that I found is this one that says, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So stewardship is actually a little bit of a paradox because it's saying this doesn't actually belong to you, but it's your job to take care of it. So I feel like we don't necessarily have um, a lot of things in our world right now that give us an idea of what a steward is, but a steward actually used to be a job. Um, it was someone who had a, a role, you were called a steward, and your job was to take care of something that didn't belong to you. You were entrusted to something, you were entrusted with something that didn't belong to you and you were managing it. So again, it's a little bit of a, it, uh, sort of like a paradox, the concept is a paradox, and it's something that I think we need to unpack a tiny bit because we don't have a ton of context for what it is today. But in essence, a, a steward was taking something that didn't belong to them and taking care of it and leaving it better than they found it. So um, if someone was, you know, if someone was really wealthy and they had a role of a steward in their household, hey guys, um, they, the steward's job was to say, I am managing this person's wealth, their finances, their property, and even though it doesn't belong to me, I'm seeing to its flourishing. Um, so it, it was actually a job. In the Bible, when the idea of stewardship comes up, there's a few verses that talk about it as a concept, but most of the way that the Bible talks about it is actually like a role, like someone is a steward. And they are taking care of someone else's property, wealth, belongings, and seeing to its flourishing. They're leaving it better than they found it, and that's, and that's their job. Um, and I think an important thing to note in the role of a steward is that um, the steward wasn't doing all of those things for their own, like if you were, if that was your job, if you were the steward of someone's wealth, it wasn't for your own glory that you were doing it, it was for the glory of the person who owned the thing. And so what that means is that a steward wasn't saying, look at all that I own, or like look at all these things that I have, or look at all my wealth, it was truly not theirs, um, and they were entrusted to the care of it, but it didn't belong to them, so it was all for the glory of the person that owned it. Um, Will this reach if I put it on the ground? Probably not. No, that's okay. I just have too many things up here. Um, so, yeah, the role of a steward is um, a role that God has given us. Um, if you haven't caught that, it's a role that we've been given over this earth. So it's a role that God has entrusted us with. We are entrusted with the care of this earth. And it's actually a role that we've been given over the gospel. There's a lot of verses that talk about um, you are a steward of the good news. You are a steward of, of, um, of the gospel. But I'm going to focus, I said this earlier, but I'm going to focus uh, a lot more on the, actually completely, <laughs> on what it means that we're a steward of this earth. What does it mean that um, this is an identity that we have as Christians? So um, the stewarding of the gospel is for another talk. Um, so yeah, all these things are true. It's the care and responsible management of something that is entrusted to one's care. It's a paradox. It doesn't belong to you, but it's your job to take care of it, and it's for the glory of the owner. So what exactly are we stewarding? Uh, if, we, if we're talking about stewarding the earth, stewarding um, the world that God has made. Um, 
So if you look at Genesis 2.15, I can just read it. Um, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. So even in this verse, you sort of see the paradox of stewardship playing out. So God creates the world. He creates a garden called Eden. And then he puts the man in. And this is pre-Eve, I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, Eve would probably get a little bit of a shout-out. Um, so, um, so God creates the world. He creates a garden. And then he puts Adam in it to work and keep it. So he's not just saying, here's a garden. But he's saying, here's a garden, and it's your job. It's your responsibility to work and to keep it. Um, and then he says, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. So we think about that last part, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. And already we're thinking, like, oh, no, but then there's this tree that you're not supposed to eat. And, but if you just stop there and you say, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, God's saying, I created this world, I created this garden, it's for you, work and keep it, it's your job to take care of it, but you get to reap the blessing of the garden because you're a steward of it. And so I think that's another aspect of stewardship is that um, God gives us many blessings and many things in, in this world, including the whole world, to, to steward, but there's also a sense that he is allowing us to reap the blessings of the things that he creates and the things that we take care of. Um, so yeah, you see the paradox play out even in this verse. So as Christians, we believe that everything we have, if you are kind of looking at this verse and saying, like, okay, this is the very beginning. How do we, how does this apply to us now? If this is true of Adam and later Eve, how is this, what does this mean for us now? It essentially means that we believe that everything we have, this earth and everything on it belongs to God, but it's given for us, it's given to us to enjoy, to leave it better than we found it. Again, he's working it and keeping it. So God says, I've created this. And the sense of working it and keeping it means you're, you're, not just receiving it, but you're attempting to leave it better than you found it. Um, and it's to give him glory. So God starts the work of creation, and Adam gets to join him in it, which is, which is cool. That's a cool benefit of being a steward is you get to join God in what he's doing. So this isn't just true. You don't just see this in Genesis. It's a theme that you see play out through the Bible. Um, one other verse, I could give a lot, but one other verse I think kind of explains this context. Uh, concept is James 1.17. You don't have to turn there, I'll just read it. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So in this book, the argument um, that's being made is that God, every good gift comes from God. Everything comes from God. And it's coming down from God, the Father of lights. And so when we think about the garden, God made this garden, he made this world, and Adam is called to work and keep it. But if you, um, if you zoom out, what the book of James is saying is that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So everything that we have, from the shoes that I'm wearing, to the car that I drive, to <laughs> the lovely hotel that we stay in, um, all of these things are good gifts from God, and they come from him. And so... Adam had a very grounded sense that what I have is from God. It's come from God. And um, if, we, if we zoom out and think about ourselves in this creation, in this world, we say, okay, this is every good and perfect gift from, comes from God and is coming from his hand. 
Um, so I really believe that we have to have an established identity as a steward. We have to understand that the world was created by God, but that it doesn't ultimately belong to us. And I, I really think that it's necessary to have a strong conviction that it's our job to take care of it. Because the alternative would be God created this world and I don't have to take care of it. It's just for me to use. Or God created this world and I'm the center of it. But an identity as a steward says God created this world and I have the responsibility of taking care, to, care of it for his glory. And that's a, I think that's a better identity than as a... Um, someone that's just using the world. So there's three things that I'm afraid of, um, three fears um, that are connected to this, not just like spiders, tornadoes. Um, so three, um, three fears in, in thinking about the idea of stewardship, um, and I'll unpack those, and then we'll do application, and we'll be done. Um, just want to make sure I'm good on time. So three things I'm afraid of. One, um, that we live as consumers more than stewards, Number two is that non-believers talk about care of creation more than we do. And then the third is that we would steward out of pride or fear. So I'll unpack those really quickly. And um, these are really broad concepts. And so I'm going to unpack a little bit about the idea of what is a consumer and what is a steward and how does that play out. But I'm going to buzz through them because we don't have a lot of time. And so... I would love to talk to you more about this if you have more thoughts. I think this is a, um, a really important thing, actually, to think about and to think about where you land on some of these things. And so, again, I'm going to buzz through them really quickly. And that's sort of, in general, life training is a very quick breeze through a concept with the hope that you would continue to think about these things. So I'm going to go pretty fast. But, um, again, please talk to us. Think about these things more. So... My first fear is that we would live as consumers more than as stewards. So I'm going to kind of lay out the difference in my mind between a consumer and a steward. So, um, yeah, so the idea is that we're taking care of something that doesn't belong to us. Again, the definition of a steward. We're taking care of something that doesn't belong to us, but it's our job to take care of it. And I think a consumer would flip that. So a steward sees the world as belonging to God, but as something they need to take care of, whereas... Wait, did I say consumer? Just or did I say steward? Okay, that's steward. Okay, cool. Um, but a consumer sees the world as theirs, but not something that they need to take care of. So do you see the difference? They're basically opposites. A steward says, "God made this; it's my job to take care of it." A consumer says, "I don't really think about God; it's my world, and it's not my job to take care of it. I'm consuming it rather than stewarding it." Um, Secondly, a steward sees the world around them as something they can reap the blessing from, but they know it came from God. Whereas a consumer sees the world around them as here for their own use without much thought to where it came from. Um, oh, the world. Oh, this thing. I get to consume it. And not thinking about the fact that it's something that was created and has a purpose. Um, next, a steward sees her role, or his role, her or his, um, to cultivate what God started, making order out of disorder. So a steward sees, sees, sees their role as something, um, God started this, God started a world where he made order out of disorder, and I want to continue to cultivate that. Whereas a consumer makes disorder and doesn't really care. Um, you can go to the next one. A steward thinks about the long-term effects of everything they do. 
whereas the consumer thinks about what they want now and doesn't care about the long-term effects. So uh, an example of this would be um, I, <laughs> instead of throwing my trash in the dumpster, I throw it in the bin that we're told not to throw it in. And I mean, that's kind of a silly example. It's like, you consumer. But basically what, um, what you're doing is you're saying, I am not really thinking about the long-term effects of this. I'm just chucking it in. And actually, I got called out on that my first summer. Um, it was my first interaction ever with Reed, I think. I snuck out after curfew. I was a room leader. And I <laughs> threw our trash in the bin right outside of our door. And what I didn't realize is that all the team leaders were sitting right behind me and saw me. And so I, as soon as I closed the lid, everyone was like, wow, my gosh, what are you doing? And Reed stood up. He's like, guys, give her a break. Um, and that was the first interaction I ever had with Reed. Um, but anyway, the, <laughs> the I got, that was not in the notes. Um, so the, yeah, you don't think, a steward thinks about the long-term effects. If I do this, this will affect someone. Or if I do this, this will affect the planet. If I do this, this will affect people around me. Whereas a consumer just thinks, this is what I want right now, and I don't really care. Um, you can go to the next one. So a steward thinks about sacrifice for the sake of care of what they're entrusted to. Whereas a consumer thinks about efficiency, comfort, and personal benefit. You could apply that same thing to the throwing my trash in the trash can right outside of me. This is for my comfort and efficiency. I don't want to walk all the way around the building. Um, so I'll just do this. Um, yes, you can go to the next one. Oh, nice. OK, that's it. Um, so yeah, the first fear, which I just unpacked, is that we would live as consumers more than stewards. And then the second is that um, non-believers talk about care of creation more than we do. And I, I don't want this talk to feel like political or like, oh, Anne's, you know, such a hippie, she just wants us to care for the environment. I, what, what I'm hoping is that, um, I don't necessarily have this end goal in mind that you know we would all recycle every single thing we ever use or give up meat forever. I don't, I don't feel like I have, this is what I would dream that everyone on project would, would live as, um, with a lot of specifics. But I do think that um, as I talk about this, I'm just hoping we look at the Bible and say, like, what does it actually mean as a Christian to care about these things? And that's going to look different for everybody. So um, even as I would say, I think non-believers talk about care of creation more, more than we do. There could be a sense of, man, this is getting so political. <laughs> and, and I don't mean it to be. I, I just want to look at what the Bible says, look at our identity as stewards, and say, would that change the way that we think about things? And so, um, so specifically, I, I do think that um, there, there is a, a greater urgency and more of a conversation happening outside of the church about the world, about um, environmental issues, about the care of the world um, that doesn't seem to be happening as much in the church. And so in a lot of ways, I think that culture might be a little bit ahead of us um, in the way that they think about it. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many documentaries and books and things that are um, available um, that people are putting out that really give us a context for um, why environmental issues are important, why things like recycling and um, taking care of our planet and fuel and all these things. There's a lot of a lot of information available, and and you might not agree with everything that's being put out, but I do think that it's something that it's a conversation that's happening a lot outside of the church and very little inside of the church. 
Um, and I just think they don't know the God that created the world. And we do. And we know when we look around, when we look at um, the world around us right outside of our door and bigger picture, how the world is thriving or not thriving, um, when we think about those things, we know the God that made it. And we have the call of God um, to be like Adam, to work and keep it. That's our job when it comes to the world. And so I just think that it should be a conversation that's happening in the church. I don't necessarily feel like um, it needs to be the main focus. I think if I went into a church and it was like, all we do talk about is the environment, I'd be like, well, <laughs> we should talk about Jesus. But I, I do think that it's, some, it's a conversation that I think should be happening um, in, the, in the church. And I think that because we believe the earth doesn't belong to us, but it's our job to take care of it, I think things like there's an island of trash in the ocean the size of Texas, which I don't know if that's actually true, but I hear that a lot. Um, if that's true, that should actually break our hearts, and we should think, like, man, this is, it's our job to take care of this earth, and there's some, something's not right that shouldn't be happening. Um, so how much more should the health and prospering of our planet be something that we care about if, if we um, believe that God made it? So one example, we were actually just talking about this, is uh, an example of this conversation hap happening a lot outside of the church is the straw movement. Who, raise your hand if you know what's going on with the straw movement. Okay, so for those of you that didn't raise your hand, um, Cora, will you lift up your cup? Okay, see Cora's cup? It's a Starbucks cup. Um, if you look at the cap, it's like a clear, it's like what you would have for a hot cup of coffee, but it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a sippy cup. Um, so I think, I don't know the exact number, but it's something like, there's like 50 million straws made a day or something like that. There's tons of straws that our world goes through. And they've been finding, um, if they do any sort of like autopsy on um, birds that live around an ocean, they've found straws or plastic material in 70% of those birds because they're eating things in, in, you know, around the ocean and plastic ends up inside of them. And so recently people have gotten really... Have, has started to think about the idea of straws and how many straws are made, and um, there's sort of this no straw movement. Don't use a straw. It's easy to s drink with your lips. <laughs> you don't have to use a straw, and it's a, it's a good way to think about making small steps towards helping the environment. But it's something that a lot of people are talking about. Like, there's signs, I've seen probably four signs at different places down here that say, like, we'll only give you a straw if you ask, or we're moving to cardboard straws, which is actually a thing. Um, and anyway, I, I don't necessarily feel like you, no, so none of you should use straws, but it is something that if people outside of the church are talking about it, I think we should join in the conversation and have thoughts on it. Um, so that's one example of, a yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I have a thought on that at the end. <laughs> Thanks for immediately wanting to apply and being so instantly convicted. But yeah, I, um, I, I think that's a really good question. That's a really, really, really good question, and I want to talk about it at the end. So um, the straw movement. Why do non-believers talk about the environment more than we do? Um, do you have the picture? Oh, there we go. Okay, so Nirmal and I were in Charleston yesterday, and we were walking around the College of Charleston, and this banner was flying on most of their uh, lampposts. So it says, 
sustainability literacy is about sound environmental stewardship. And I was like, oh, that's what my talk's about. Um, but I think that's another example of um, that's on a college campus. It's not a Christian campus. And it's something that they're like flying on their campus. Like, we need to have sound environmental stewardship. And I was like, man, I really want that to be true of Christians tr too. I want Christians to say like, as someone who believes God created this world, I want sound environmental stewardship. And it's funny because stewardship is saying you're caring for something that doesn't belong to you. I'm like, wait a second, who do they think the world belongs to? If they have the idea of, that we should be stewards, I'm guessing that there's this you know, collective sense that it belongs to all of us. But um, I just think that as Christians, we have a better definition of stewardship because we say it belongs to God. Um, and so I just, as I, as I saw that, I was like, man, I think they're ahead of us, and I want us to think about and talk about this stuff more. Um, wow, I've got to really hurry. Okay, so, um, yes, that's my second fear. Um, my third fear is that we would steward out of pride or fear. So, um, I have to find where I am. Last oh, yes. So, I think that we could fall um, out on two sides here. I think that there's a way that we could think about being stewards of the earth in a fearful way that wouldn't glorify God, I don't think. Um, so there are actually are some scary stats if you start to look into some of this stuff. Um, like, as I was doing some research yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, apparently, I, I don't know if this is true, but apparently if we don't get a handle on our plastic consumption um, and the fact that it ends up in the oceans, they predict that in the year 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. It's like, whoa, that's actually really, that's scary. And there's, and th yeah, so uh, th I think there really are reasons to be like, that feels worrisome to me. Um, and I think there could be things that could cause fear. Um, but something that I think is really important to remember when we think about stewardship is that we believe that one day God will make the world new. And that's very central to our understanding of the idea of being stewards is God has entrusted this planet to our care, but we really do believe that one day God will make all things new. So I think that for non-believers who care about the earth and think about it, sound environmental stewardship, I think there could be an undercurrent of panic. Like, if we don't do something, our, uh, our planet's not going to survive. And I think that for Christians, we can do it out of a sense of urgent peace. It's really important that we take care of our world, but we really do believe that one day God's going to make it new, and we're going to be a part as Christians of the remaking of the world. And so I think that that could also be a reason that you hear that and don't care about the world. Like, oh, God's going to, it's all going to burn. <laughs> like, God's going to make it new. Um, but... Um, um, so so I, I do think that could be a, a, a way to sort of dismiss caring for the planet, but um, an example would be, like, say that I asked to borrow Nermal's bike, and I know that he has a plan for it. He's going to replace the handlebars and get new brakes, and he's going to paint it. Like, there's all these things that he's going to do to it to make it new, and I asked to borrow it. That wouldn't be a reason to trash it. That wouldn't be a reason to say, like, well, he's going to make it new, so you know, I can kind of do whatever I want to it. Like, I know what it's going to become, and I want to help move it in that direction. So I know he's going to remake his bike. So he's entrusted it to me. He's letting me borrow it. 
I want to keep the road on the bike to redemption, or the, the bike on the road to redemption. I, I don't want to, to trash it because he's going to make it new. I want to take care of it because he's going to make it new. And I think that's the way that we should think about the earth. Because we believe God's going to redeem the earth, we don't want to be actively corrupting it or making it worse. So um, first wrong way to steward would be out of fear. The second would be out of pride. So we don't want to think of our identity as a steward and care about the earth with a sense of superiority um, because everyone's on a spectrum. And so I think that there could be a sense of superiority in thinking, like, I don't really care. Like, it's all going to be made new. I'm not a hippie. <laughs> so I don't care. Um, I think there could be a pr pride on that, sen or, or on that side. I think there could also be pride on the other side of you just threw your cup away. That's plastic. You know, I think there's a way that you could um, hold it over people in, if you do fall out on caring about it a little bit more that I think would definitely be coming from a place of pride. So the staff are reading um, C.S. Lewis, a lot of different works by C.S. Lewis, and um, this is a quote that we read a couple days ago. C.S. Lewis says, one of the marks of a certain type of bad man is that he cannot give up a thing himself without wanting everyone else to give it up. That is not the Christian way. An individual Christian may see fit to give up all sorts of things for special reasons, marriage or meat or beer or the cinema, but the moment he starts to say the things are bad in themselves or looking down his nose at other people who do use them, he has taken the wrong turn. And I just think that's a good word um, because we're all going to fall out of different places. And so if you are, um, you know, recycling everything, you know, um, there's like the zero waste movement, which I don't know if you've heard about, but it's like people that are buying glass and um, all kinds of things to um, prevent waste, which I think is an awesome thing. And Nirmal and I actually made like some steps to, you know, we bought like cloth bags so we don't have to use plastic bags. And I think that's a great thing. But I think that if it's coming from a place of turning down, like uh, C.S. Lewis would say, turning down your nose at someone or turning up your nose. No, down. Interesting. Um, so it's, if it's coming from a place of feeling superior, I think that that is not giving God glory and makes it more about you than about taking care of what God has given you. Um, so yeah, if you really care about the earth, um, I don't think that's a reason to um, feel superior to other people. I think that that is misunderstanding your idea or the idea of being a steward. So to conclude really quick, um, the good news of the gospel is that God had an expectation of us that we live perfectly, giving him glory, and the bad news is that we couldn't do it, and then the good news <laughs> is that he stepped in and redeemed us. He stepped in and said, you couldn't do this, but I'm going to do it for you, and I think that there's hints of that in the idea of being a steward um, of the world, because the truth is, we haven't done a very good job, and I think that it's really good to start to care. I think it's really good to think about these things. But when God comes back to the earth, there's still a pile of, well, at least currently, a pile of trash the size of Texas in the ocean. We can't really say collectively as um, a planet we've done a good job stewarding the earth. But the really good news is that there's grace and that this isn't... Um, just like in the good news of the gospel, God steps in where we failed. And I think that that's another really good part about all of this is that we can care and we can do our part, but God 
we know that God's going to come back and that um, God steps in with grace where we failed. I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. So lastly, application. Um, so here are a few things um, via uh, Peter's concerns. Um, so the first one, well, actually, the first one that I want you to think about is um, specifically for you. Can you pull that up, Normal? Um, in what ways are you a consumer and not a steward? I ran through that whole list kind of fast, and so if you actually want my notes, I can give them to you. Um, but I think it's just a good thing to look at your life and say, um, what ways do I live with an identity as more of a consumer than a steward? That could be a good question to talk about in your room, something to think about um, as far as personal application. And then the second application is, what could this look like on project? So um, it is true. We don't have recycling. There isn't recycling. There's not like a recycling truck that drives around Myrtle Beach and picks stuff up, um, which is kind of sad. But there is a recycling center probably 10 minutes from here. And they accept drop-offs. I don't know all the details. I'd have to look it up. But that's something that I thought, you know, an application on project could be would a room or a couple of rooms want to set up recycling? Um, would we want to create bins and put them by the trash can and take turns bringing people's recycling to the site? Normal and I have a bag in our, a big trash bag in our room of all our recycling, and our plan is to drop that off um, before we leave for project. Um, I think that could be an application. Um, recycling isn't, th this is not a to talk about recycling. It's way broader than that. But if we're going to apply it, that could be something to think about is what, what would steward, being a steward on project look like? Another, another thing I thought about is for those of you that have been to project before, on the last day we do a cleanup day. And there is so much food that we throw away because people go to Walmart and they just sort of overbuy. And, and part of it is, a lot of you have never lived outside of your parents' home. <laughs> you know, grocery shop. Who did I run into that was grocery shopping that said, I've never done this before? Who was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, did you buy bananas? Did you buy peanut butter? But there really is a sense that, like, you, you might be doing this for the first time. But I think something to keep in mind is that at the end of project, there is, I mean, there's probably three long tables piled with food that people don't eat, and we end up throwing most of it away. And it kind of breaks my heart every year, because um, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people in the world that need food. And, we're, and but, but I think that a way to be a steward is to just say, I'm going to buy what I need. And if I have food that's going bad, I'm going to eat in instead of eating out. I think that's a small way. And maybe, as we think about this, maybe this would be the first year that at the end of project, there's only a few things on that table and not 30 pounds of rice and 500 cans. and So I think that that could be something to think about is a way to be a steward of what God has given me is to think wisely about how I buy food. Um, those are a couple of applications, but you can talk. Again, there could be more on project. And then the last one is do you fall out on the side of fear, pride, or maybe even apathy when you think about these things? I always, whenever I'm sitting in a talk, something that I'm asking myself is like, what is my emotional reaction to this? Am I like, Amen. Am I mad? Am I confused? Um, and I think that a way to um, sort of think about how am I feeling about this is 
how do you fall out when you hear this talk? Do you feel fearful? Do you feel prideful? And maybe do you feel like, why is she talking about this? So um, I think that's a good, another thing that if you're engaging with your room or just thinking on your own, how do you feel like you fall out when you hear these things? So I'm done. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then I don't know if there are any more announcements at the end. Oh, there are. Okay, cool. Um, Father, thank you for creating this world. Um, thank you for the honor of being a steward. Just think about the fact that you're God and that you have all things and that we actually get to take care of something that you made in this earth. And that just feels like a huge privilege. And Father, I just pray that you would help all of us to see that as a privilege. I pray that you would help us to think rightly about these things. And I pray that if there's anything that I said that um, isn't the way you would want people to think, that they would forget about it. And God, I pray that you would help us to have a proper identity as a steward and that um, we would think about these things that would change the way that we live. And I pray that um, we so badly want your glory. And we so badly want those that don't know you to know you. And Father, I pray that, th that you would prevent any of these things from being a stumbling block to other people knowing Jesus. So whether it be non-believers looking in and saying, why don't you care about these things, that we would care in a way that would not be a stumbling block. And if it's the opposite, that we care too much, I pray that, that we, you would keep that from happening as well. So we, we want your glory. We want your glory on this earth. We want your glory forever and pray that you would do these things in our hearts. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, hello. So I just have a couple quick more announcements I forgot. One, Ollie said that if you could be in your room during room checks, that'd be great. I don't think everyone needs to be in it, just maybe one or two. Um, and then second thing is the we have a support workshop today for those who haven't been able to get the amount of support in that they need. Um, and so the app doesn't have this yet, but if you want to find like information about everything about projects, go to CO minneapolis.org slash STP portal. Soon the app will have a link to that website, but it doesn't yet. But on there you can find out, okay, how much support do I need by this state? So June 1st was $500, and June 14th was $850. So I would say if you don't have $850 in yet, we'd love to see you at that workshop today at 4. So it'll be on, it'll be on project, and so at 4 p.m. we'll do a support workshop. We want to help you guys. Um, think some of the finance interns will be there, some staff will be there. And so, yep. And then also, just another reminder, move your cars out of the parking lot. Okay? Great. And chairs. Yeah, stack chairs. Oh, stay. Chairs stay. Chairs stay. Okay. Ready? Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at clminneapolis.org.